0: The following program is recorded content created by the truth network
1: dr michael brown your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity call 866-34-TRUTH to get on the line of fire and now here's your host dr michael brown
2: Thanks for joining us today on the Line of Fire, Michael Brown, delighted and blessed to be with you. Those watching, I've, I've got a coat on. The studio here in Fort Worth is a little bit cool today, so I've got a coat on, but everything normal as always. Jewish-related calls today. Any Jewish-related question of any kind, give me a call, 866-34-TRUTH, 866 348 I do want you to know I've heard from a number of Hebrew Israelite leaders about having debates. One's already put out a video accepting uh, my offer to debate. So I'm gonna tell you some of the folks I've heard from. Those that have gone public, I'll mention the names publicly. Others, I'll just describe what they've talked about without mentioning the names publicly because they've just reached out to me privately. But uh, by all means, let's put the issues on the table. I know that there are many different groups out there identifying as Hebrew Israelites and some are more moderate and some are more radical and some have beliefs that are very much in keeping with biblical beliefs about salvation through the blood of Yeshua and others with beliefs that are very radical and very different. But for the sake of truth, for those that are really looking for truth, those that want truth we will pursue it together. For those who won't listen to quite, quote, a white Edomite devil, well, I just pray for them. They're in deception. They're, what they believe is factually wrong. They need to really come to know the one true God, the most high and receive forgiveness of sins and new life and find the truth. But others are, are seeking, others are more moderate. So whatever we can do constructively we want to do to help, is this is an issue, a question, the Hebrew-Israelite question that's really come to the surface. Our our videos commenting us in in recent weeks have gotten a lot of attention. So I'm not gonna talk about this all the time, but I want to devote one more Thursday to talking about a number of Hebrew-Israelite myths. So here's what I, I ask everyone listening for. Just pursue the truth. Pursue the truth, okay? There there are things that I might hold to that are different than what you hold to, and someone else holds to something different yet. How do we sort it out with all your heart before God? Pursue the truth and tell him I only want the truth wherever it leads, whatever the cost, whatever the consequence. All right. And Patrick, thanks for calling. I I will get you to be a little later in the show, sir. But I see you here and and I do want to speak with you. All right, so let me debunk. One of the silliest Hebrew-Israelite myths. And when I say this, I don't want to offend those who don't hold to these things. So I know some of you hold to this and some of you don't, all right? So those that don't, I don't want to insult you by painting with a broad brush. I know some of you do hold these things, some don't. So if the shoe fits, wear it. So one of the silliest most ridiculous things I've heard. Well, people like you. You're you say you're Jewish. You see, ish. It's not really being a Jew. It's Jew So, for example, if I say he's not really tall. He's kind of tall ish. So it's not really tall. It's kind of tall. So you're saying even by saying ish, Jewish. You're not. You're not really a Jew. You're like kind of like a Jew. That is complete, utter, absolute nonsense and. based on ignorance. I hate to be so blunt, all right? So if you're from England, you are English. If you're from Sweden, you are Swedish. If you're from Denmark, you are Danish. If you're from Spain, you are Spanish. If you're from the people of the Jews, you are Jewish. Here, just for the actual dictionary definition. Let's put up this slide. The I-H S H suffix, all right? A suffix from place used to form adjectives and nouns that say what country or area a person thing or a language comes from. Okay? So this comes from the Jews. So we are Jewish. <sighs> All right, so please don't use that anymore. That's utterly absurd. Unless you want to say someone who's English is not really from England, they're just kind of like ishy from that. Please, drop it. If you ever use that argument, drop it. Done, done with it. And, and again, I don't want to insult those that don't hold to nonsense like that. But those who do, throw it out. It's an insult to your argument. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when Rudy Giuliani was mayor of New York and and one of these Hebrew Israelites is on the street saying, you see, you see, it's all Jewish. Jews control everything. And someone said, well, the mayor of, of the city, Rudy Giuliani, he's not a Jew. And the guy said, Giuliani, Jew, Jew, Giuliani, did you hear? It's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Spelled differently, different words, different names. Anyway, okay. So there's a text. Their whole video is now getting tens of thousands of views. There's a text from midrashic literature. This is homiletical rabbinic literature written over many centuries of time. There's a text that's that's been quoted a lot and pointed to to say, look, even the Talmud acknowledges that Israelites were originally black. Okay. First thing, midrash. The midrash they're talking about called Pirkei De Rabbi Eliezer is not Talmud. Just to make that clear. All right. This is separate midrashic literature, and it's actually hundreds of years after the Talmud, that's the first thing. And Midrash is Midrash, it's storytelling. Midrash is not legal data, Midrash is not even like official Bible interpretation, Midrash is storytelling. Midrash is weaving legends and myths together and telling interesting stories and it's very creative. And it's all kinds of wild stuff, all right? But what does Pirkei Derabbi Eliezer say? First thing, you'll hear it said that it is first or second century. Let me just bring you to a rabbinic website, okay? So this believes in, 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 in tradition, the earliest possible dating of things. So the Safaria website, where it refers to Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer, let's bring that up and take a look at it. It says this, composed, um, it's Talmudic Israel Babylon, so it's not part of the Talmud, it's part of this larger culture, between 630 and 1030 of the common error, all right? So this is after the the composition of the Talmud, and it says, Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer, chapters of Rabbi Eliezer, is a midrash that retells and expands upon the stories of the Torah from the creation of the world through the story of Miriam's leprosy. It incorporates discussion on topics like redemption, Messiah, and calculating the end of days. Traditionally considered to have been authored by Rabbi Eliezer ben Benarkonis in the time period of the Mishnah, first, second centuries. You see, the work was likely edited in the eighth or ninth century. So although it's attributed to Rabbi Eliezer in the first or second century, it's actually written in its final form many centuries later. But let's just say fine. Let's say okay, fine. It was first or second century. Again, it's not, it's many centuries later. But let's just say fine, it was. So let's take a look at what the text says. Now remember, you'll find everything in Midrash. Let's go to the actual slide now of chapter 24 in Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer. Uh, And all right, I'll, I'll, I'll just start in verse one. Noah uvanav tam elohim Tehe et All right, so Noah brought his sons and his grandsons. He blessed them with their several settlements, and he gave them as an inheritance all the earth. Berech Shem. So he blesses Shem ulevanav shorim. So he makes them dark v'naim. He makes them dark and pleasant, dark and beautiful. Ve'hin chilam et kol Eretz. Uh, uh, all the colors of Shevet. So he blessed Ham and his sons uh, by making them dark like the raven. and he gave them the the um, uh, portion by the sea, the coast of the sea, right? Uh, and then Uvanav uh, and he blessed Yaft and his sons and made them all. White. All right, so we can take that off the screen now. So the question is, is this saying that the Shemites, the Semites of whom the children of Israel descend, that God made them black, all right? If that's what it says, fine, it's not an issue to me. We understand the original Israelites were not white Europeans, we fully understand that. It is as the Jewish people migrated around the world and intermarried that we changed in color. That's why you have Indian Jews, that's why you have uh, Chinese Jews, that's why you have African Jews, that's why you have uh, German Jews, American Jews, because we've intermingled with the various societies as people converted to Judaism and married in. So again, this just historically known, it can all be traced linguistically, it can be traced historically, it can be traced by settlement, it can be traced by literature, etc. But uh, when I asked a rabbi colleague of mine, I said, how do you read this? What do you understand this to mean? This is what he said, we'll put this slide up. He says, the text contrasts three things. Yefet is white, that is European. Ham is black, like a raven, that is African. Shem is in between, dark, but not like a raven. That is a good description of Middle Eastern Jews and Arabs. So there's a contrast between Shecharim, like a raven, dark or black like a raven, and Shecharim, vanaim, black or dark and beautiful or comely. So there's a distinction between them. So what do we know about the colors of the people of the, the Middle East? They would be brown skinned, they would be darker than me, but they would be lighter than say a, a black person from Sudan or, or from Ethiopia. So that's the contrast. It's it's not saying that the Shemites were Negroid or African there, it's not, it's contrasting their skin with the skin of, of Africans, their color, all right? So they're dark, again, the original Israelites were, were not white skin Europeans, we understand that. This is, this is through the Jewish people spreading all around the world, but they also weren't black Africans. And this very text that you see, it proves it, it proves it. no. All it says is that one was darker than the other, all right? So they were brown-skinned people, they were darker-skinned people than the whites, but they weren't as dark-skinned people as, as the blacks of Africa. All right, now there's another text from the Mishnah which is, is even more explicit. And I want you to see, I'm just looking at the clock. We've got time to get into this, okay? So it's, it's Mishnah Nigaim. So this is dealing with leprosy, skin diseases, things like that, chapter two and Mishnah one. So the, the first legal discussion there, all right? Um, and it says this, Beheret azanir et begamani keha, so, so what, what is it saying there? Translate, the bright spot, So, talking about leprous skin condition. The bright spot in a German appears as dull white. And the dull white spot in an Ethiopian appears as bright white. Rabbi Ishmael says, the children of Israel, may I be an atonement for them, are like boxwood. So scroll that up a little bit as you're looking at this. The children of Israel, and he says, may I be an atonement for them, this idea that the righteous can can be an atonement for the rest of the nation. He says, they are like boxwood, which would be a brownish color. Neither black nor white, but of an intermediate shade. So the Germans, the Germans are white. The Ethiopians are black and the children of Israel are boxwood. So if you want to say, well what what does the Talmud say, this is part of the Talmud, what does the Talmud say about skin color, that they were Middle Eastern brown-skinned people. Not black, not white. That's what it says. We'll be right back. It's all resistance! You can resist.
1: The line of fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the line of fire by calling 866 34 Truth. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
2: thoroughly Jewish Thursday, this is Michael Brown. Delighted to be with you. 866 348 348. 7884, I will get to the phones shortly, and I'm gonna look at two more rabbinic texts, and and the purpose in looking at these texts is to basically tell you, be very careful before you say, well, the Talmud says this or the Talmud says that, because it may say five things against your opinion and one for them, and you may end up pointing more fingers against yourself than, than at others, all right? But I just wanna let you know some of the folks that we've heard from in terms of having a debate, so uh, this was through Vocab Malone. Alhazar bin Laya uh, said, "No, we don't need that text up there. Just, we, got, we got a very zealous team putting some text up for me. So this guys, you don't have this. Um, Al-hazar bin Loya says he accepts and um, wants to debate me, prefer historical rather than theological themes. So uh, based on his proposal, I came back saying, "Okay, let's, let's debate these two subjects, then. we'll do full. Back-to-back debates, live stream, and hoping for sometime early next year within the first couple of months of next year. So, since he wants to talk about the historical Jewish people, great. So I propose that are there Jews from every nation, including the continents of Africa and Europe. So let's let's debate that. Is he saying there are no Jews from Europe? Is he saying that all Jews like me are not really Jews? Let's what does history say? That'd be part one. And part two. Lashawan Kadash, uh, Abba Bivens and the language of the Bible. How was Hebrew originally written, spoken, and utilized in ancient times? Let's discuss ancient Hebrew. How it really operated, how it was pronounced, how it was understood. Let's get into a heavy-duty Semitics discussion. So that's my proposal, those two. Now I, I offered him debates uh, on other subjects based on his own circles, Hebrews are like circles, such as will all nations go into slavery in the world end by thermonuclear destruction? Would you like to debate that? Are there modern day apostles prophets today in which organizations could true prophets and apostles not lead? Get their views on that. Is reincarnation biblical? Are there people today who have been identified as people of old? How do we know? Is the kingdom only for Israel, or will it be for all nations? Is the virgin birth legitimate, biblical and necessary for the salvation of Israel? What is the man of the Lord? What are the qualities, actions, and beliefs of one? Which Israelite school has the whole truth? What is the history of marriage, and how does the Bible define it? How should the righteous live it out today? And is the devil a spiritual being or a nation of people? What does the scripture declare? So if he wants to get into any of those, we can. But otherwise, the first two, these are things we've talked about, things supposedly he's an expert in, so God willing, uh, we'll be setting that up. Then this was a comment uh, from, as someone who identified as a sergeant in the school of the Sikari Love the live stream, Dr. Brown. Thank you for addressing the situation, not hiding from it. I'm a sergeant in the school of the Sakari, and leadership would like to have a discussion with you, not so much of a debate. Happy to do it. We can do it off the air, uh, just do a Zoom call together. So we're face to face in that regard. So we replied via social media, because that was posted on social media. We replied to that. We were supposed to reply to it. Hopefully we did. So Feel free to reach out if that's you. Reach out, let's follow through. Love to do it. And then, uh, I'm not giving the names here. This is another one who wants to debate me. Would like to discuss the Bible comes from Ethiopia, why the Jesus Christ story never happened, and that this man himself is the Messiah. He has proclaimed himself on video, I am he. So I said, well, come on, I'll, I'll do an interview. Let's, let's introduce you to the whole world. Uh, so that's another one. Uh, Patrick is waiting on the phone, so we're gonna get to him soon. Uh, another is an elder. I won't mention the name of the ministry. Cause again, this was private contact. He said, he's the son of a rabbi, translated the book of Enoch from Hebrew to English, translated various biblical texts. So I said, okay, what would you like to debate? And then another, I was told you're looking to have a debate with black Hebrews. I'm happy to talk with you. I live in London, but can talk to you via Skype. I'm the author of the only books on the planet that prove black people's Hebrew identity uh, So. We're getting back to all these saying, okay, let's, let's set this up, let's, let's do it. All right, so the, the last text that I wanna to get to, and then I'm gonna to go to the phone, starting with Patrick, whom I just mentioned a moment ago. Um, if you wanna say, well, the Talmud says the original Israelites were black, which number one, the Talmud doesn't say that, and number two, the, the, the Midrash does not say black like, black African, but black as in darker than white, okay? So there's the in-between color there, which again, we saw a text from the Mishnah and Talmud, Nigaim saying that the Israelites were like boxwood, right? So that'd be brown-skinned people like you see in the Middle East today, as opposed to African blacks, as opposed to European whites, all right? So if you want to cite the Talmud then, here's something from the Jerusalem Talmud. And it says this, um, It's talking about a woman that's accused of committing adultery and she goes through the whole rite of adultery, it says she wasn't guilty. It was stated, Rebbe Yehuda says in the name of uh, Rebbe Elazar ben Matias, it says, but if the woman was not impure but was pure, would we not know that if she was not impure, she was pure? Why does the verse say, but she was pure? Only that at the end, the omnipresent rewards her for the abuse, that if she was sterile, she will become pregnant. If she was having difficult births, she will have easy ones. If she had ugly children, she'll have good-looking ones. Black ones, she'll have white ones. Short ones, she'll have tall ones. Females, she'll have males. Single children, she'll have twins. All right, so, so this text is saying that as a reward for the woman being falsely accused, that if she couldn't have children, she'll have children. That if the births were hard, the next births will be easy. If she was having ugly children, instead she'll have good looking children. If she was having black children, she'll have white children. If she was having short children, she'll have tall children. If she was having females, she'll have males. If she was having single children, she'll have twins. If anything, this would speak disparagingly of black color. So you want to quote the Talmud, well now the Talmud is speaking disparagingly of black color. Now one of my rabbi colleagues that analyzed the text said, I think black and white are just symbolic here. I don't even take them literally, all right? But if you, if you want to call the Talmud and say, you see, you see, it supports the fact that Israelites were black, no, quite the contrary. It's actually negative here. One, one more text for you, all right? This is also the Jerusalem Talmud. So this is completed earlier than the Babylonian Talmud. And I'll, this is uh, from Ta'anit, the previous one's from Sota this is Ta'anit. Um, okay, so it's talking about uh, certain animals or people had sex on the ark and they were prohibited from doing that and as a result, they were judged. So Rabbi Yehuda b'Aparzi, Rabbi Chanin, and Rabbi Samuel bar Rav Isaac, on his entrance uh, to the ark, Noah was forbidden sexual relations. What was the reason? You shall not come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, your sons' wives. On his exit, sexual relations were forbidden to him. What is the reason? Leave the ark, you, your wife, your sons, and your sons' wives with you. So it's just midrashic interpretations of the biblical text. Rabbi Shie Bar Abba says, by their families they left the ark. Since they refrained from their relationships, they married it to be saved from the deluge. You may know that since it was stated, Ham, the dog, and the raven misbehaved. So allegedly, they all engaged in sexual acts of some kind on the ark, and therefore they were cursed. Ham exited charcoal-colored, so he was cursed by his skin being turned dark. So it was the Africans. The dog exited public in his relations, in other words, the way he copulates with a female dog, the raven exited different from the creatures. that they, they, they allegedly spit in the other bird's mouth to procreate anyway. This is something, again, that would speak of being dark or black in a negative way. Now, I'm not a Talmudic Jew. The Talmud is not my authority. The Midrash is not my authority. There are many beautiful traditions there. There are many fascinating traditions. The one thing that's said with any authority was that the children of Israel are boxwood in color, not like the Africans and not like the Europeans, not like the Germans, not like the Ethiopians or the people of Sudan. Kush can refer to Sudan or Ethiopia depending on what the reference is. In any case, that, that's, that's the only official statement. The point I'm making is if you want to point to Pirkei de Rabbi Ali and say, ah, oh, you see, it says the original Israelites were black, but even there it's making a clear contrast between them and the blacks of Africa who are black like a raven, Right, well then you have these other texts speaking disparagingly of being black and speaking positively of being white. All right, so what's, what's the point? You don't wanna use the Talmud to, to make these statements about blackness being good or blackness being bad because it's not what it's about. If you use it, you're gonna end up with anti-black statements, not positive black statements, if you're using it in that way. The only thing you can say is that for Talmudic Jews, it was understood that the Israelites were At that time, first, second century, and in their history, they were Middle Eastern, brown-skinned people like Boxwood. Not like the blacks of Africa, not like the whites of Europe. That's all. How do they end up black? How do they end up white? Again, very simple. There are Jews from every continent. There are Jews from countries all around the world. There are Jews of different color, different language because of living in countries for long periods of time and then intermarrying where the people marry in, that's the important thing. They convert to Judaism and marry and you live there long enough, you intermarry enough you start to look like the people there. And by the way, the Ashkenazi Jews ultimately go back to Jews of Italy. Jews that had lived in Italy for centuries, and then 97,000 Jews according to Josephus were sold into slavery to Rome after the fall of Jerusalem. And then they there eventually get their freedom so that you have a large Jewish community intermarrying over centuries with the Italian community and retaining their Jewish identities, people convert to Judaism and then moving from there to Germany and other countries. That's the origin of Ashkenazi. In fact, it's been demonstrated with a massive DNA studies. It's it's absolutely fascinating, but that's been demonstrated. And the same way as the the tribes of Israel and the Jewish people scattered all around the world and and lived in Africa, that gives root to the black Jews. So yes, they are black Jews, they are white Jews. Not all whites are Jews, not all blacks are Jews. Most whites are not Jews, most blacks are not Jews. But here's the thing for me, my identity is found in Yeshua. My identity is not found in being a man, is not found in being a Jew, is not found in being an American, it's found in being in Yeshua, it's found in having my sins forgiven, it's it's found in having been washed with the blood and cleansed from my guilt and come into a living relationship with God when by His grace and power I can live righteously and do the will of God. That's where my identity is. All the other things are ultimately secondary Anyway, facts, facts, that's all we're giving you, text, information. We come back, we're going straight to the phones. Good time to call now, 866-348-7884.
1: It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
2: To the Line of Fire, Thirdly Jewish Thursday, Michael Brown. Glad to be with you. Have you downloaded our app? No? It's Ask Dr. Brown Ministries, Ask. Dr. Brown Ministries on Apple or Android Google platforms. Uh, I've been using it just to access articles and send links to people. And it's it's a great, great user-friendly, rich app with thousands of hours of free resources. So make sure you download it, Ask Dr. Brown Ministries. All right, we go to the phones, and we start with Patrick in Cleveland, Ohio. Hey, thank you, sir, for calling the line of fire. Uh, Take a minute to introduce yourself, okay?
0: Okay, okay. Uh, shalom, uh, grace and peace. Uh, all praises to the Most High and His Son Yeshua Hamashiach, first and foremost. My name is Patrick Myers, I also go as as a Yahoo Yisrael. I'm a musical artist and historian in the Israelite community. Um, so yeah, and I and I wanted to talk to you because I feel like this topic is so big. I feel like what the Most High is doing with this topic. Is bringing us closer to that next step of world peace and, and then racism. Um,
2: but so, so yeah, let me, let me just let me just ask you this oh, so so we yeah, can yeah. put you in the right place here. So, there are just like there are many different groups that say they're Christian, and it's a massive range that can mean almost anything depending on who says they're Christian, right? And then within Judaism, you've got from Reform Reconstructionists on one side to ultra-Orthodox, Haredi, Hasidic on the other side. So there are also lots of different Hebrew-Israelite movements. Uh, Even in (laughs) your pronunciation of Hebrew, you set yourself apart. So in your view, Patrick, uh, what do you prefer, Patrick or uh, Azaria, what is it? Uh, You can call me uh, Azayahu. Okay, Azayahu, okay, great. So uh, what groups in your view or extreme and not representative of mainstream Hebrew Israelite theology. Well, it's well, Hebrew israelites
0: First, we're a people group, so just like with all people groups, like European, for example, you're going to get like British people. You're going to have a whole bunch of different beliefs. So, like, there's people who identify as Hebrew Israelite, but could be Muslim. Um, so with that, uh, there, there are groups, it's kind of like a genealogy, um, they're called One West in, in the community, but those are branches of Israelites who broke from a more orthodox type, it was a, it was a group beforehand who were more like orthodox Jews and they broke off, um, and they, they, uh, became messianic, but they also became more radicalized, but the, um... The radicalization came uh, from years of trying to to merge with uh, Orthodox Jewry and not really being accepted. More so, the reform the reform community kind of was more uh, accepting of them. But I feel like some of that left bad taste
1: in their mm-hmm. in their
0: mouths, and they became angry. And a, a lot of the uh, teachings and stuff I feel stem from just the anger and the history of of our people and the oppression and mm-hmm. losing our history and our culture, identity, language, all of that. Um,
2: and, and, and what would this, you say, the, uh-huh. the groups that are known to be standing on the street corners, you know, yelling and saying, you know, the white man is a manifestation of Satan, that kind that, of thing. Uh, would those be one West people? That's, that's more so their tradition. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But they also,
0: so like some of them might have a, a chart, a Pilate chart, with. Yep you know, it has some truth in it, and, and it has some untruth in it, because we do know um, Israelites were in Spain and Portugal, um, and then they, uh, some of them went into captivity. Some of those uh, became colonialists. So, yeah, there are tribes of Israel mixed within uh, Spanish people, um, Afri- African people, Negroes, who I, who I do uh, believe are majority. Uh, 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 Israelite people, but, but we can uh, get into that as, yeah, as so, well. Yeah, so we would have a strong oh.
2: difference on that, that. You're saying the majority mm-hmm. of Africans would be Israelite, and I would say the vast majority would be not just like the vast majority of whites would would not be Israelite origin. What about the Sakari group? How would you characterize them?
0: Uh, the Sakari, the Sakari group, uh, they, I, uh, I think they really match the name. They kind of remind me of the historical Sakari. You know, they. Mm-hmm. They go real hard for their people. You know, they, they love Israel, and they really want to see Israel back on their feet. Um, some of but the Israel, that means the black, that, the black the black
2: community. When you're saying that, that means the oh the African yeah yeah, black community. yeah yeah. When
0: right. I say Israel, I mean the black community, but I also mean Israel as a whole because uh, as more of the knowledge and research and DNA studies that, that are unbiased continue to come out. I, I, um, and, and if they really love truth, they, they will accept the truth as it comes out. And they'll see that uh, oh. European Jews, um, Mizrahi Jews, Sephardic Jews, and
2: Africans have uh, a common origin. Got it. Um, and okay. this is also genetically proven. All right. So, so we would agree on that, that genetically Ashkenazi Jews can trace their heritage back to Israel, there are African Jews that can trace their heritage back. There are, as you mentioned, the Mizrahi Jews, Sephardic Jews, those even more naturally, especially Mizrahi, being in the Middle East. So uh, obviously we'll have some differences historically, but your position then, as far as you know, again, I'm, and for everyone that's Hebrew Israelite, this is, this is Patrick representing his view and his understanding um, based on his own history so I understand he's not speaking for everybody. He's speaking for himself and, and the movement that he's part of. But uh, Patrick, in, in, in your view, what per, uh, percentage is the wrong thing? In, in your camp, so someone like me, I'm looked at as a, a fellow Israelite Jew, just with different skin color and different history. Uh, how, how do we come to, to get into right relationship with God? Who is Yeshua? and and how do we get our sins forgiven?
0: Okay, um, this, this is, you know, it's good that you brought it uh, back to this uh, area because this is how I got introduced to you um, uh, because, um, well, as I started to come into the, the proof of the gospel, knowing that Mashiach is divine, because a lot, what a lot of the One West tradition teaches is that uh, Joseph... Um, had a hand in in the birth of Mashiach, which Mm -hmm. uh, I vehemently disagree with. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was kind of hard to combat some of those traditions until I found out a lot of the apologetics that was going on already in the Jewish community. Because when you see some of the arguments in the Hebrew community, it's the same arguments that the Orthodox is coming to the uh, Messianic with. Um, And, uh... So, so Mashiach is the way to salvation. Yeshua is salvation. And he and he gifted us um, unlimited atonement. And and that's my that's my belief in the scripture. I, that's what the gospel teaches, because we can't do the whole Torah perfectly. Mm-hmm. Now, as it is Israelite, the Torah is important to us because we lost our whole culture and identity during slavery. So, this gives us our culture. It gives us our, our, our rooting, a way to, uh, raise our families, um, holidays that wasn't given to us by, you know, somebody that, or by a group or in a way that gives us a, a bad memory. You know, we, some of this stuff was introduced to us through slavery. So yeah, that's, that's the thing with Torah. So we, so a lot of the one West and they feel like the Torah is the salvation. Mm-hmm. Is it's is not the salvation, yeshua sure is the salvation, but the Torah is our culture, our heritage, and coming back to that is going to help our people get out of the situation that our people are in. Got it, all right. Um, so, in that,
2: in that respect, it would be similar to a messianic Jew who says, We understand Torah is not for salvation, but this is our heritage and it connects us with our people and it gives us a cycle of life in which we can raise our children and that can help preserve their Jewish slash Israelite identity. So we don't accept uh, the traditions of the rabbis as binding. We may appreciate some of them, but we don't submit to the tradition of the, of the synagogue. We interpret Torah in, in the light of the new covenant, uh, but yeah. you know, messy, many Messianic Jews would be in harmony with you. And of course, salvation only through Yeshua. So Patrick, uh, how mainstream would you say your views are in the Hebrew-Israelite community. Again, this is just your view and it's impossible to, to quantify this exactly, but are you like a real outlier in being in so much harmony with someone like me and even other Christians on any of these points? Or is, is this more common than the One West stuff? Um, it's, it's
0: really hard to say without real pooling. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I, I, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I make music um, so I have somewhat of a of a of a listening base, so somewhat of an influence in the culture, but mm-hmm. not only me, but there's also other groups who uh who speak similar to this. They might not be found on the street. You know, they might be like somebody you work with or your 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 cousin or something. but oh. um uh, they're not going to be as publicized on media because they're not as exciting. As a, uh, and, and
2: you know, it's, right now it's controversial. doesn't want the peace. Right. Yeah, exactly. right. And, and and often the the news that that we go for is bad news and controversial news. So let me say this: when I talk about you know a show and debunking Hebrew Israelite myths, that may offend some of you like Patrick, because he said, "I don't believe that. That's not what I hold to, or that's not my viewpoint." So I please understand. I get that. I'm not painting with a broad brush. I'm saying these are some of the myths that you're hearing from some prominent Hebrew Israelites, and we're rebutting them. I would like them. to, yeah, go ahead. If, if, if I could interject, I would like like to say that
0: it's it's, it's interesting because I disagree, like with with Akaris, for example. I disagree with them on a lot of theological things. Yep. But like when it comes to historical things, we we might have a lot more agreement. Or like for example, I understand the, um, the traditions that you have brought out earlier.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, from from an Israelite perspective, we look at those traditions differently. They're not they're not binding, but we look at those differently. So like your rebuttal was excellent, but not not for an Israelite. So like for the Israelite. Um, for, for, his, for example, when um, in the Eliezer, he talks about um,
2: that. Like box uh, yeah. uh, um, well, let's tell you what, stay right there. Stay right there. The stay right there and then we'll, we'll go one more minute on the other side of the break. And I want to get to other callers. But Patrick, I've said for years, he Israelites called. call. I'd love to talk to him. So I'm doing that for everything. And thank you for your gracious spirit, man. It's a joy talking to you. We'll be right back and we'll get to the rest of your calls on the other side of the break.
1: You can't resist us. This is how we rise up. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
2: Thursday. All right, uh, Patrick. Let me just give you one more minute. We can we can always talk, God willing, in, in the future, get into this in more depth. Yeah. But uh, again, to me, I'm just looking at this factually, linguistically, philologically. What does the text say? What do the words mean? But you're saying that, uh, and, and again, the question is not my opinion, your opinion, but what does the text mm-hmm. say? That's why languages. That's why I got my PhD in the Eastern languages and literature just to dig into the the words themselves. But how how are you saying a Hebrew-Israelite would read this that would be different? Okay, so in the in the black community, we have colorism. But not
0: just in the black community. Back in Africa, there's multiple ethnic groups. So when we see um, Ham, when it talks about Ham and it says he was black like a raven,
2: yeah. we, we do not
0: equate that to us. We look at the stem as us as being dark uh, but beautiful because uh, not only was that something that our our, our grandparents were saying back in the uh, civil rights and all of that, but um, the ham as a raven, we would connect those more with nilotic-type groups in Africa. But so these are your people that now value um, people, yeah. like the Sudanese people, like you mentioned. Um, but like the dinka, for example... Um, or the nearer people. These are very dark
2: people. These are, they're black, like yeah, actually yeah. black. No, so that that, yeah. I, that mm-hmm. I understand. In other words, I understand how you could say it's between two different black peoples, you know, in, mm-hmm. in Africa or, you know, lighter color, darker color. I understand how you could do that. My point is, it's, a, it's a Midrash, number one, and Midrash, it says all kinds of things. I mean, uh, and you have other Talmudic passages that make black being a bad thing, a negative thing. So that's what I was saying, if you want to use one text, you got three other texts going the other direction. But but how do Hebrew Israelites interpret Mishnah Nigaim about not like Germans, so not like white Europeans, not like the Kushites, not like black Africans, but boxwood? It's an intermediate. It's a it's a, a brown color, a light brown color. How is that understood?
0: It it, it will be similar because the, uh, the original kushite and and our family thought. Is uh, would be like nilotic groups. Um, even genetically, um, you would have, for example, your, your Y chromosome, which is your fa- father to son. Mm-hmm. Uh, DNA-wise, we, as, a, as the, uh, so-called Negroes or West African Niger-Congo people, are more similar to Arabs than to nilotic people. Um, they would be groups A and B, We would be group E, and that's why you also see group E within Ashkenazi Jews, within Sephardic Jews, within Samaritan Levites, who are one hundred percent E.
2: Got Um, it. Got it. So, all right. So, so so I right. I, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. The key. The key thing is when people use the broad stroke approach and say this text proves that that text. You really don't want to use rabbinic texts in that way. The, the statement in Nigayim is the most important because it's a legal thing and it's discussing how, how this, this leprous white skin disease, uh, you know, appears and depending on the flesh color. So there is a clear contrast between, it's, it's, not, it's not nuances within black-skinned people, but black-skinned, white-skinned and something in between. So again, your in-between is going to come out sounding differently I just encourage folks to say, if you can use rabbinic literature, remember that sometimes blackness is a negative and even looked at as a curse and whiteness is something positive. So what are you going to make out of that? Is it symbolic or is it to be taken literally? If it's to be taken literally. Does it mean that the Talmud is pro white, anti-black? It wasn't even a, a largely white culture then, right? So it's, it's misinterpreting the text to do it. But Patrick, thank you. Thank you for the nuanced discussion. Let's continue to interact God willing in the future, but thank you for the call and for clarifying that many Hebrew Israelites are very different from the groups on the street and hold to basic doctrine of salvation through Yeshua, the Messiah. So thank you, sir, for the call and for interacting on these other points and and giving your viewpoint. I very much appreciate it. All right, um, let's go to Aaron. Thanks for holding, Aaron, in Washington State. Welcome to the Line of Fire.
3: Hello, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well, thanks, sir.
3: Can you hear me pretty good? Man, I'm outside working so I'm no, not I I sure. I can
2: I can hear you. I can hear you.
3: Okay, good.
2: Go ahead. Oh, I just had a
3: um I just had a question and I also had a proposition for you. Yeah. Which one would you like first, man? Uh,
2: proposition.
3: Proposition. Yeah. So, I'm I'm a debater myself. Um I do a I try to do a lot of debates, but they're very slim these days. I'm what you would consider a Tanakh-only follower. I am so-called black. Um, I'm not a part of any camp. I've never, ever been a part of any camp. As a matter of fact, I've done street debates with camps like Sakari out here. I did a uh-huh. debate in person with one of their top, uh, their top people, speaking Um I just did a debate with Vocab Malone on a 400-year prophecy earlier this year. So, um... My proposition, which for you would um, be to request a debate because I can't, I literally can't find any these days and a lot of the people, even some that I've named, even some of the organizations, um, I debate against camp doctrine or One West doctrine, which I do believe is kind of harmonistic with Christianity and with Christian doctrine. I believe personally, and this is a personal belief, that a lot of the One West leaders uh, choose to debate uh, Christians and rabbis who believe in the messiah or in an individual messiah because there's not much to argue with um i believe that they have a lot of similarities so there's one topic in particular i know that go ahead uh uh-huh
2: sorry go ahead i know that
3: a lot of topics are popular specifically the whole race deal i think this one topic would pretty much um uh bring a lot of clarity to to our understanding i wanted to debate if if Rome actually did siege Jerusalem according to the scriptures, and I would negate that point. And I can't find anybody that would even entertain that debate. I've asked a lot of people, and most people have all of history on their side. They have Orthodox history. They have the Gospels on their side wholeheartedly. But my contention is that the scriptures in Tanakh do not not support that idea.
2: All right. So, so tell you what. Here, let me suggest this, okay? Uh, because uh, I, I get lots of people wanting to debate me, and there's only so much time in the day. You know, I have, a, a, like many, a very, very intensely busy schedule. But I would gladly host that on on the radio one day, and say on a Thursday. And what we'd agree to is it would have to be shorter time frames. You know what I'm saying? It, it's okay. got, It can't. It would have to be okay. Make your opening statement in in a six minutes here's my opening statement then you know rebuttals five minutes five and then kind of go back and forth in that regard uh so to to do it during a show in a shorter time period it it would be a more realistic thing and if you wanted to to debate that yeah i mean obviously I, i i can't imagine how anyone would deny the massive historical support for for that on every level uh you know from archaeological to secular literature josephus and the gospels of course uh, and and the references mm-hmm. through history. So obviously you you got your argument there. So so let's let's do this then. All right, if you just reach out to the uh, uh, go to askarcherbrown dot org. There's something that says contact. Just say you're the Aaron that that talked with me. We'll set up, God willing, on a Thursday in the new year, and and we'll debate the subject. All right.
3: I appreciate that, man. And I appreciate how you do um, do dialogues and debates with people, because a lot of people don't do that. But here's my question for you, though. It revolves around Leviticus 26. Um, Us so-called Black people in diaspora, we know uh, that we fulfill Leviticus 26, and also that that it hasn't been fulfilled ever before, seeing how we do. Leviticus 26 shows that the Israelites or the Hebrews will be scattered to nations that they don't know. And their land will be made desolate while they are in these nations. And then uh, it shows that they will turn away from what their forefathers did, and they will come back to their nationality, their culture, their customs in the lands which carried them away. Um, My first point is that that's never been fulfilled well
2: that would Let's be my question. When would you believe that was fulfilled? Number one, yeah, so we just have like a minute be, before the break. And and listen, those of you who've been patiently holding that I didn't get to, if you're able to call in tomorrow, uh, we're just looking at your names. We've got you here. If you're able to call in tomorrow, I'll get you as early as I can in the show. So my apologies for – because I took extra time with, with other callers. That's uh, Obviously, we can't get to everyone every day. But, um, yeah, Aaron, it, it's, it's – Number one, clearly been fulfilled by Jewish people who have been scattered around the world and kicked out of nation after nation after nation, specifically uh, because we are Jews and didn't go along with Christian or Muslim practices. Uh, That's number one. Number two, uh, if we fall short, there is the promise of repentance, God will restore, but there is uh, uh, Ezekiel 36 and other passages that because God's name is being blasphemed, that even in our sin, he'll bring us back to the land and there he'll cleanse us. So that's what happened. The restoration of the Jewish people from all around the world back to the land of Israel is unprecedented. We were scattered around the world. Satan tried to wipe us out around the world. God kept us as a remnant around the world, just as he promised, brought us back to the land. If you're talking about blacks, how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of blacks are there in the world today? Africa alone is what 700 plus million. So that's hardly a tiny remnant, whereas the Jewish people, about 14 million. So brought back to the land, and and this was not a primarily spiritual movement, and now back in the land, more and more Jews turning to the Messiah from maybe 20 at the founding of Israel to maybe 30,000 today. So it is unfolding. It is being fulfilled. But let's follow through, and may the Lord's truth prevail. A joy to be with each of you.
0: It's all resistance you can't resist us. Another program powered by the Truth Network.